everyone. Helping parents heal. Assist bereaved parents in very significant ways. It provides personal and specialized support, tips and tools for finding hope for those parents whose children have passed. It offers much needed peer support, which aids in the healing process, going a step beyond other groups because it supports the open discussion of spiritual experiences and evidence for the afterlife in a non-dogmatic way. Everyone is welcome, regardless of religious or non-religious background, allowing for open dialogues for those to wish, who wish to share their personal afterlife communications. I'm truly both delighted and honored to have been asked to introduce some of the enlightened presenters who are at this conference. These insights provide uplifting interviews comprising a special new series on grief and rebirth podcast that will illumine the wondrous healing work of helping parents heal. The organization's sole mission is to help other parents who have also lost their precious children, ensuring them that they need not walk alone through their profound grief. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Our next interview in this series is with Ann Albers, who is a popular author, a spiritual instructor, an angel communicator, and a modern-day mystic. Ann loves helping people to experience the power and beauty of their own souls and develop a blissful connection with spirit. Her free weekly newsletter titled Messages from Anne and the Angels reaches an international audience with inspiration and tips to help people stay tuned in and turned on. Anne has not always been a mystic. After she entered pre-med at Notre Dame University, she graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering with a computer concentration and got an amazing job in the aviation electronics industry. When she discovered to her surprise that she was very unhappy, she started to pray, Dear God, whoever, whatever you are, please help me wake up happy, go to bed grateful, and make a living doing something I love. That prayer was the key that opened the door to a whole new life for Anne. She started experiencing dreams and coincidences. Teachers and healers appeared. She learned the language of silence, and she began to discern the rich tapestry of signs and symbols. She also started receiving messages from her angels, and she began to enjoy the mystical world of energy. One day, when she least expected it, she clearly heard voices that told her to turn in her resignation the very next day. She took a leap of faith and never looked back. I'm looking forward to talking with Anne today about what she has learned in over 20 years of working with angels, how to release the struggles in life, the benefits of experiencing her healing live gaze, and more for what is surely going to be a fascinating illuminating and love-filled interview. Hi, Anne. Hi, thank Such a you. Such warm oh, welcome. Goodness, that was so sweet. Thank you. Yeah. From my heart. 
Yeah. Welcome to Reef and Rebirth Podcast. It's We're a so joy happy to be here. here. Thank you. Thank you. Let's help everyone get to know you from the very beginning. Okay. So in your childhood, did you have any mystical experiences in your childhood that would be a precursor to what opened the door to what's happened for you now? I don't think I knew they were mystical. I believed, I grew up Catholic. I believed in guardian angels and I would talk to them like, like they were real. I would talk to everything like it was real. I would talk to rocks like they had a consciousness, even though I didn't even know the word consciousness at the time. But I would get the feeling that that one wanted to move over there and that one wanted to move over there. And I remember when I was preteen, <laughs> telling the universe to please shut up because I felt like everything was asking me favors. Wow. <laughs> and so, you know, at the time I thought, well, I'm just nuts. You know, I'm just nuts. When I was younger, it felt very real. And then as I became indoctrinated in, you know, logic and reason, it started feeling crazy. So I said, just everything be quiet. And it did. And it did. It quieted it did. down. And it quieted down for decades. But here as a child, you were already conscious because you knew that everything, be it solid, inanimate, or whatever, was alive. Had a vibration. I felt like the trees were alive. You know, I, I just, I just felt like everything had a life to it, and I wouldn't have called it mystical. It, you know, I, everybody thought I had a great imagination. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you were unhappy in your job, and prayer was the key to this whole new life for you. Yeah. Please describe some of those dreams, coincidences, teachers, and healers. They all magically appeared, and what you learned about the language of this is important: the language of silence. And the rich tapestry of signs and symbols. Okay, well, I, I, I'll shorten this because it's a long story. But I started praying, and at first I thought nothing was happening until I was at a Changing Hands bookstore, which used to be in Tempe. It used to be a very old bookstore with a nice uh, old wooden upper floor. And I was looking at the section on angel books because I had a closet interest. And it was about that big back then. And I picked up this one book. It was called Ask Your Angels. And, and I heard by the book in my head. I'm not going to buy this book. I'm rational, you know, but it, but I'm curious. And this is bef this is before well, I was an engineer. Yeah, it's a very diehard. You were very you were very left brained and kind of cocky about it. Actually, yeah, you know, I'm smart. Anyhow, so, <laughs> so I tripped as I was walking away, and I flailed, and I grabbed at thin air, and I grabbed the bookshelf, and I accidentally pulled that book off the shelf. It flips open to the page that says, "You can ask your angels about career or finances." Do, 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 do. So I bought the book. And I sat there and I sat there and I just got peaceful. I did the exercises and I was very upset that I just got peaceful, even though I was type A. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't recognize. So you're one of these people who just didn't even recognize when you were in a peaceful space. I wanted Moses to talk out of the burning bush. You know, I, I, I wasn't okay with the baby steps, but I got peaceful. And then coincidences started happening. I would express an interest in past life regressions. You know, is that real? And the guy who maintained the printers at my company comes by and said, you might be interested in this, and plops a flyer on a past life regression class. You know, so these things kept happening over and over and over. And I started seeing what I call symbols. Like, just when I was having a, a thought about spirit, you know, just pondering, I had hawks that would fly next to the, the, the passenger or the driver's side window on my car on the way to work. Now, what does a hawk symbolize? <laughs> well, I found out later, a messenger. Okay. Native American angel. So I, I kept seeing hawks for a while, and that was like my angels trying to say we're around. You know, they knew I would eventually research it because I was that kind of brain. And I think we live in this universe where there's such a beautiful coordination that when you wonder about something, when you ask about something, your angels or your dear ones in heaven are trying to find any way they can to get the information to you. So they'll use 
animals and birds and butterflies and finding coins and songs that come on just as you walk in the store or turn on the radio. You know, so many million ways that they give you little signs and symbols that they're around. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about the language of silence, I'm talking about not just being quiet verbally, but learning to find a quieter mind. Because that's when you hear your soul. That's when you feel energy. If I'm in a mode, and I get it very analytical still, because I do a lot of things. Well, that's like the way you are. My website, yeah. And, you know, I reverse engineer everything I learn so I can teach it. So I get analytical, but when I'm in that mode, I'm not connected to my body very well. I'm not feeling the, the subtle feelings. And I might easily be taking a walk and miss all these wonderful signs. You know, on the way here, I, I was very silent-minded. I was just observing the clouds. It was beautiful. All right, so wait, when you're silent-minded and you've got all the noise in your looking. head, how do you do that? You're not doing it through meditation or anything. I'm just looking at what's there. So you're in the present moment. Yeah, but I'm just, the way I teach this is so simple. It's not meditating. It's just look at your surroundings and notice them and appreciate them. You know, I can get present looking at that plant because if I look at it long enough, I'm going to see all the different colors in it. I'm going to see its shape. I'm going to start feeling its vibration even. The more you look and observe at your natural universe, the more you're going to start sensing the things that are beyond your normal observation. For example, if you listen to a song in an average way, kind of hear it in the background. <laughs> but when you really listen to it, you're going to start hearing changes in the melody and the different instrumentation. And there's a depth you know, to every, every composition that we normally don't hear. don't hear. And there's a depth to reality that we normally don't sense because our minds are all over the map. So I've learned to look for things to appreciate wherever I am. And that pulls me smack into the present moment. And it also keeps yeah. your mind from... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it gives my so mind a, something useful. Yeah, I'm, I'm useful. I'm, I'm present using my mind to appreciate something in the present, which automatically elevates your mood, puts you in a higher vibration, makes spirit more accessible to you. That's, now, also, I want everyone to understand, you call yourself a modern-day mystic. Some people do not know what that is. Okay, understandable. So can you give us an example of communicating one of your mystical experiences through our present-day culture? Well, first of all, I'm going to simplify this because I think a mystic is just somebody who has had a direct experience of whatever you choose to call source, divine, love. That's even a better word, you know, profound love, unconditional love. And... I have had those direct experiences many times. You know, I grew up in a, a religious tradition where, of course, I honored that. But we learned that you go through an intermediary. You know, if you want to talk to God, you pray to someone else or you ask the priest or, you know, you don't do it directly. I'll never forget the first time someone tried to convert me to something else. And I said, well, last time I talked to Jesus, this is what he told me. And they were aghast. You know, what do you mean you talk to Jesus? I'm like, among others, you know, just, <laughs> so it's, it's like direct dial, you know, right, you know, right. that's, that's a modern mystic. And I've had so many experiences with spirit just because of my work. But one of my, my absolute favorites was, um, I was praying ecstatically one New Year's Eve. I had decided to stay at home and pray in the New Year. It just felt right. And so I start praying for everybody I know. And pretty soon I'm praying for the world and I'm praying for the animals and the trees and I'm just, in a stream of prayer, like real prayer, a static prayer, wanting good for everybody. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm feeling this sensation of loosening up, and I squirt out of my body, literally, like a like toothpaste coming out of a tube is the only way I can describe it. And I'm in the light, and I'm feeling this massive... You're like out of your body. Oh, unconditional love 
pouring in me and merging with me. And then I went further, and there's all my deceased relatives and clients that had died, and they all looked wonderful, and they're hugging me, and I'm like, God, this is the best New Year's Eve party I've ever been to. <laughs> what am I going to say about this? But the neat part is there's, in those realms, there's such a sense of connection. You know, here, we kind of feel like the connection stops at our body or our words. But in those other realms, that connection is my field's overlapping your field, and we're swimming in this dynamic interchange at all times. We are on Earth. We just don't always notice it. You know, it's sometimes you'll stand next to someone, and you'll feel like you just can't get close enough. And then other people, you stand next to them, and you can't <laughs> push away. They you know? you right. yeah. And you might not even know them. You're sensing that energetic, dynamic interchange. But that's, that's just present all the time in heaven, and it's one of love. So it, it, it was just a beautiful experience. Now, did you ask to go back into your body or just no, automatically No, all of a sudden I just, I felt like I, all of a sudden, it, it was like on a water slide. I, I'm trying to put this in words. And it was just a sensation of, whoop, bam, non-graceful re-entry, you know, boom. Boom, and there you yeah. were back. And the, yeah. and, and the song was just ending because I had had Josh Groban's Ave Maria on as the New Year came in. It was right, I'm, I'm going to cry. Anyhow, it was just so beautiful. It felt like I was there for half an hour and then it was three minutes on earth. Right, well, in heaven or on the other Time's side, different. there's no time. Yeah, it's just now, 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 now. So yeah, and it, there's no concept of that. Um, now, we know you've written three popular books. In your book titled Love is the River, Learning to Live in the Flow of the Divine, this is such an important question, Anne. You teach how to navigate the currents of divine grace to release the struggles in life. Oh, yeah. There is no one who doesn't have struggles in life. Could you share your profound wisdom about that with us? Yes, and it's not that you won't have struggles arise, but you learn to navigate them quickly, easily, and to not struggle with your struggles, which makes them ten times worse. Because if you don't struggle with your struggles, they're just a challenge. You just overcome them, you get a solution, you're done. So... This is what the angels taught me, and I went kicking and screaming because I was so analytical. I had to solve my own problems and, as they put it, answer my own prayers. You know, We pray for help, and then we agonize over how to fix the thing we just prayed for help with. So that's kind of counterproductive. Right. But in the present moment, if you can get present, like I said, just by observing your surroundings, just by appreciating what's right in front of you, pick something to appreciate, anything. You know, it can be a color on the wall. But as you get more and more present, you start to relax and you start to feel your own feelings, your genuine feelings. Your feelings are your guidance system. And you ask yourself, I like to say, okay, life is what it is. I am who I am. What next? What next? And if you're in the present, connected with your own feelings, you'll get a sense of, well, I need to just give this a rest. Maybe that's what's next. Well, oh yeah, maybe I could call somebody. And they're becomes a stream of guidance that really is coming to us at all times via the most subtle feelings we have. You feel like getting up and going to lunch, or you feel like this conference is a great example for those who aren't here. You feel like going somewhere and you run into somebody who has something to say to you here. It's just, it happens all over the place here because spirit's so active with us. But it's that way in life too. You know, I, um, I have one couple I've read for whose child died. He was a young man. And I will get this sensation sometimes, well, it's time to go to the hardware store. Okay, you know, maybe that was on my someday I'll do this errand. So I go to the hardware store, drop everything, and there's his parents. And then I get a sensation, go to the thrift store. Okay, there's his parents. You know, so we have a joke that he's like a heavenly matchmaker because I keep running into his parents. So, you know, and he sends his dad to the gym because his dad likes to work out when somebody at the gym needs advice and counseling and grief counseling. So, you know, he, that's an example of when you're in the present, you feel your feelings. 
I was just sitting and there. And you honored them. Appreciating. Yeah, I was actually doing my newsletter, but I was very present with it. And all of a sudden, I get the urge to go to the thrift store, and I'm like, okay, I dropped the newsletter, I got in the car, and I went. You learn to put your just logical brain to the side yeah, and, just, and just respond like, to the you other know, part. That feels right right now because I'm struggling trying to get something out of me on the newsletter, and that feels like the, the path of least resistance is another way we call this, the thing that feels the best, the kindest, the most nurturing or soothing. And it might not seem at all related to what you want at the time. That's the problem. It might not seem related. You have to learn to trust that if I'm having a, a feeling that this feels right, good, true, just see where it leads you. Just see. And it might be something to just calm you down enough so you can hear the bigger guidance. There have been times when I'm in the present, you know, and then I'm grappling over something, and then I'm in the present, and I'm grappling, and the minute I get in the present, they'll say, get a pedicure. Okay, that just sounds good. It feels good. It's not always words. Sometimes it's just something that feels good. So and I, the way they're telling you to take care of yourself. Yeah, just go chill out a little while, relax, let somebody nurture you. And then as I'm relaxed, now I can hear the bigger stuff because I'm not going back and forth between analyze, relax, analyze, you know. So living in the flow of grace is about learning to take those pauses, just get in a space of appreciation. I know when you're grieving, you can't stay there because it's, it's waves. You know, grief is waves. It just plows you at times, and you just have to let it plow you and wait till it tosses you back on the shore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in those in-between times, see if you can access these moments of presence and, and just say, what next? What next? Wow, that's yeah. fabulous. Really good advice for people. You're a dynamic and down-to-earth spiritual instructor, and you delight in sharing all you've learned in over 20 years of working with angels. So please share some of those pearls of wisdom with us. How do the angels appear to you, Anne? How, 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 what have they taught you from all these years of working with them? Well, first, I feel them. I feel it as an expanded state of love. We know when we're in love. How can you put that into words, you know? You, you know what chocolate tastes like. <laughs> it's like, how do I describe Especially that? dark chocolate. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we know when we're in love. It's a feeling of profound love that comes over me. Expansion. You know, I feel, I feel, I joke that I like feeling small because a lot of times I feel like I'm a barn walking around because here's the body, but the energy feels way out there. And I feel expanded. And sometimes when you're starting, you'll feel tingles, goosebumps, little hot patches, palpitations. Vibrations. Yeah, vibrations. You know, all sorts of interesting physical sensations. I like to tell people, a, a lot of the young people like to play with your hair so that you'll feel these weird tingles. I do the gift that Yeah, on yes. the top of your head. So that's how it started. That's, I perceive them, for starters, with feeling. Sometimes I'll visually, in my mind's eye, see energy. On the rare occasion, once in a blue moon, I've actually seen them appear to me, like physically. I was and when on, they appear to you physically, how do they appear? Well, they usually take, take a form of a traditional angel, you know, a glowing light being. Like, a, like if a human could be translucent and, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. glowing, that sort of thing. But one of the biggest pearls of wisdom, and this is so simple, is we are loved. We are loved so unconditionally. You can't screw it up. You could be in the foulest mood. You could be the worst person on earth. And they're just remembering, like a parent would remember the goodness in their child, no matter what the child does. They're remembering who you really are. They're holding space for who you really are. So you can be wailing, crying, telling heaven to F off and go away. And I've heard it all. You know, and it's understandable when you're in pain. And they're just loving you and loving you and loving you. And your deceased ones in spirit, I, that word doesn't fit really, but the ones in spirit, they're just loving you. They're not judging you. They're not going back and saying you should have done this or that or not at all. There's no judgment. No. There's none at all, right? love. Because death is not anything other 
then expanding into the true self, in which case the body usually can't survive because it's too big for us. It's That's just a beautiful way to understand that. The genie's coming out of the bottle. They yeah. still have a spirit body, but they're now connected with this high vibration. And the high vibration sometimes, unless you've really practiced over the years, it's hard to get that to exist simultaneous with the body. You know, a person has either completed their contract on earth, perhaps. Maybe they're just tired and they're not wanting to admit it. Maybe they did everything they set out to do before for birth and they're ready for the next expanded state of being, which is the case in a lot of young people that die, is they came for one or two things and they got it. And all of a sudden they, they, they want an expansion. So death is expanding into the true self. It's not diminishing anyone at all, but they expand into the state of absolute unconditional love. And that's the one thing the angels want people to know more than anything is you don't have to earn our love. So if a person's not been a good person on this earth, say they've hurt a yeah. lot of people in their personality, in their body. It's hard, yeah. And they expand now and they go to the other side. There's no judgment, but how, and they get a life review. Yeah, but there's awareness. See, that's the thing. Judgment's counterproductive, pretty much. You know, say you had a young child and they were being bratty. Well, as a parent, you know they're a good child and you know that that's not who they really are. But say you punish them. Well, what do they do? Rebel worse, right? But say you love them and you hold them and you say you're having a hard day and it's not possible all the time. I wouldn't even ask any parent to do that. But, you know, but, but, but suppose you could. And that's really what we get on the other side. Well, there's an awareness there that that feels good and that bad behavior didn't feel so good. So when you stand in that love after death, it's a relief for people who have been awful because I guarantee anyone being awful is not feeling good. They feel miserable. They're torn apart on the inside. Do they do healing when they're on the other side about what happened to them? It's like an instant healing when you get in that light. It's like, oh, I remember who I am. I remember what this is all about. I remember. And then the very next thing is, oh, my goodness, could have done so much better. You know, and now I want to help my loved ones. And now I want to facilitate whatever lessons that that behavior catalyzed for them. Because they understand, too, that sometimes their bad behavior actually catalyzed massive growth for everybody else around them. And they're now really wanting to help people, like, get the silver lining out of it. Mm, you it's know, so interesting. So they're, they're really, that was something that was new to me because I grew up in the paradigm of, you know, punishment from the, the religious versions. And the angels say, God, source, is pure love. But when you've been really bad and somebody says, I have unconditionally loved you, how do you do? Now there's nothing to rebel or struggle against. Now you know, now you have to look at it. Now you have to look at yourself. Now you have to really understand yourself. And and they do sometimes have regrets because who wants to hurt somebody else? Right. Nobody. But quite often they'll have the regret a little bit, but they'll also have it mixed with an awareness that we're in this dance of growth and, and, and interaction here that somehow at a larger level will make sense. Is that when they could come back, like reincarnate and come back to... If they wish. They can. A lot of times they'll stay in spirit for a while and work with their loved ones on earth because they have a better vantage point, you know. Maybe they don't want to screw up again, you know, they might have tendencies they don't want to bring in again. So they can. For example, I had one lady whose sister died. She, um, the sister was in a bad marriage and um, she wasn't willing to leave and her only way out really was, she did not commit suicide, but she, she got cancer and died. And um, of course, it's not going to happen to everyone, don't freak out, you know, but it, it was her way. And the family was so torn apart over this because they had been there to help her. And she realized in heaven, my whole family had been there to help me transition out of this without transitioning out of my body. 
And she told her sister, I'm going to be your daughter. I'm coming back in two years. And sure enough, the woman had a daughter in two years. And it was just uncanny, the similarity. Amazing. Yeah, so that was not the uh, rule, more like the exception. But she was so desperate to try to, to help her family that she chose to do this. A, I've heard yeah. isolated incidents of things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's not as common. But right, yeah, happens. but that's, yeah. it's so interesting. So now you're going to pronounce it correctly for me. You had an experience with a man named... Bratzo. Bratzo. In 2013. And his energy ignited this gift within you, and it had this healing effect. You have this transformative gaze that heals people. It can. Tell uh, us. Okay, so I, clients had been telling me about Bratzo for years. He's a gentleman from Croatia that stands in the presence of this love and just gazes. And when he surrenders to this love and looks in people's eyes, there have been hundreds of thousands of people who had massive, miraculous healings. So like physical healing, physical, cancer healing. going away, tumors oh going away, gosh. you name it. Yeah. And so, and is he still alive today? Or He does free live streams um, a couple times a month. B-R-A-C-O-TV.me. Wow. Oh my That's gosh. All. And, and um, so they've been telling me about him for four years. And one day I'm at my hairdresser's and she says, Bronzo was in town because he had been traveling at the time. Ah, oh, shoot, I missed it. Well, he's still here today. And I had a packed afternoon. I'm like, what do you think, God? Should I go? And I heard go. So I paid her with a wet head, got in the car, went down to this hotel an hour away and stood there wondering what I was getting into. And when that gaze came through, I saw light emanating from him. And as it touched everyone in the room, I saw the lights come on, literally with my eyes open, which was like, well, Dorothy's not in Kansas. Because I usually see this inside of my head, but to see it visually. And I stayed for two, two sessions because that's all the time I had. I went home, and at the time I had wicked monthly pains. Never had them again. Oh, wow. Ever. And the week after that, I'm in a session with a client who is really in a lot of physical pain as well as emotional. And the angel said, you're going to gaze. And I said, what? <laughs> what? And they said, surrender, surrender, that's it. Because I have practiced surrendering, obviously, for decades. So I just said, okay. They said, surrender and look in her eyes. And I said, you want to do something weird? Just look in my eyes. They say they're going to do something. <laughs> and she you're, did. You're actually a vehicle now. Yeah. And I mean, it's not all the time, but it was. it's kind of like a, a mode you go. So I surrendered. And... She's looking and she's looking and I'm kind of, my, my, my awareness was back here and I felt like the stream of love was coming through. All of a sudden she jerks and she said, my migraine that I've had for four months is gone. I'm like, oh my God. You know, so then they kept telling me to do it and over time I just kept doing it at events. You know, I, I do it more at events now. I was doing it on Facebook. Do you have to do it in person? No. You also doing it like on Zoom? I had been doing it on Facebook. I took a hiatus because my account was hacked and the angel said, just take a breather because I'm really packed. So at the moment, it's, it's um, my old Facebook account has a lot of old gazes, though, and the energy is still there. It would be facebook.com slash visions of heaven. So people can go watch the old ones there, and the energy is still there. Tons of them, tons of free education, because I gave a 10-minute talk also. It's good for people to yeah. know. But they can go see Bratzo, B-R-A-C-O, look him up, and he is doing them live stream, live, free, no, no registration, no nothing. And um, he's very powerful. So it started happening, and I thought, well, here I am. You know, I just, spirit says do something, and I know that they love me, and if I feel like it, I do it. And I felt like it, so I did it. I don't always listen. What a beautiful, <laughs> what a beautiful thing, and you're helping so many people with that. And indeed, your presentation to Helping Parents Heal is titled Touching Heaven, Expand, Experiencing Expanded States of Reality Easily and Naturally, which is what we've been talking about. Absolutely. How do you know that heaven 
And let's tell our listeners and viewers, how, how do you know that heaven is not a faraway place, but rather an expanded state of consciousness? Well, that one experience I described of literally squirting beyond my body, and it really was my awareness was beyond my body. Obviously, something was still in there keeping it alive, you know? So I, I think of it as like unpacking an iceberg, you know, <laughs> upside down. But I know because I've experienced it. I've experienced a love that's so profound that there is no question in my mind. You know, you can't make up feelings like that. So is, is love and heaven and beings are all here with us? Yeah, they're just, uh, you know, like it's where I am. It's not like in an upside. It's not in a cloud. No, it's just a different, I, I tell people it's like a different channel on God's Wi-Fi. You know, or a different channel on the, the great cosmic TV. You know, for example, we're sitting here and on your television at home, if you clicked on the channel, you'd see the past, history, the future, sci-fi, the news today, you know, the cooking channel, you name it. All of it's going on. Now those waves are going through your home. They're going through you. They're present all the time. But we only see them when we take the remote, consciously tune in. So I think of heaven as an expanded channel on God's TV where you can see, see the greater picture. Right. And we're just on one channel over here. Yeah, we're, we're on a channel that's a subset of heaven. You know, heaven really is... It's an expansion into greater and greater love, really. I, the angels once described it as heaven is, a, is a, a state of consciousness in which you no longer resist love at all. Wow. Because here we're always got, we always have some self-criticism running or something that's bothering us. You know, we're human. And people with yeah. their dramas and all that all stuff. That. Yeah. But in heaven, there's an instant release of all that negative stuff and the love that's always there, like the sun's always shining, clouds are not. But that love that's always there comes pouring in, and you feel it, and it's it, bliss. It's bliss. You know, I haven't stayed there, but I, I've been in and out, and it's, oh. <laughs> oh, my God, how blessed you are that you've experienced that. Well, I work on my mind, too. I really do. When I have a negative thought, I'm just like, stop and appreciate something now. That's a great just thing Just stop now and appreciate, because I want to be in that space of love more often. I want, and for my work, you know, I better stay tuned to that. So... The minute I have a problem or something that's bothering me, it's like alligator wrestling your mind at times. You know, there are times when we really want to chew on something. Someone's been nasty and you just can't, you know, you're trying not to have a bad replay. But I will make myself, I'm like, stop, focus on something beautiful. I'll never forget once somebody said something deeply hurtful and I was thinking about it while washing my face at night and I'm like, I love my bathroom counters. They're beautiful. And I start going into, that was a good idea to remodel. You know, and I just, you know, and I'm talking silly, but... All of a sudden, I'm raising my vibration. I'm elevating my mood. And you're going to feel really like Pollyanna-ish and weird, but it works. So are you saying that a person's vibration is 100% behind what that person attracts or allows in his or her life? So that we should all be working on raising our vibration? Well, the predominant vibration, the predominant one. You know, for example, if you're mostly in a space of kindness, you'll mostly get kindness back. You know, there's, there's not always, but mostly. And um, I want to take some guilt out of it, though, because parents who have lost children often feel like that metaphysical reality is that a blaming reality, like you caused this. But that's not true, because we don't cause anyone else's experience ever. What they came in to do, how they experienced and perceived life, the judgments they made about it, that created their unique vibration. Now, your experience was created because you're with them. You know, and when you're with someone, you're going to be affected by their creations, too. You can't help it. Right. It's like if you live with a toxic partner, whatever, that's going yeah. to affect you. But the thing is, how we interact with that will dictate our experience of that reality. So I would say our vibration creates our experience of reality, our experience of it. 
because you're creating your experience of reality. I'm creating my experience of it. And for example, there are people who've lost children that, you know, it's been a horrible experience for them because perhaps they didn't know that their kids are on the other side. That's why Helping Parents Heal exists, you know, because to raise the awareness that there can be love after the expansion into the, the afterlife, that there can be a relationship. Does that make it easy? No. No. You know, I often say that parents here are courageous explorers when they come to Earth because almost in each case, either there was a contract for the child to live a short life or the child said, I might cut out early. I might. You know, I'm biting off a lot here. I might cut out early. And if I do... And there's no judgment for suicide or anything like that no, if they cut out no, early. Oh, God, I grew up in that paradigm. And, you know, the first time somebody who committed suicide came to me and said, eh, they let me in the light. I was a good person. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like, oh, thank God, you know, literally. So, no, there's no judgment. There's just, the, you know, for, for the Catholics out there, the parable of the prodigal son. Welcome home. Please come home. You know, that's the love of the divine, the source, that, like, like a good parent would always see the goodness in you, even when you can't see it yourself. So vibrationally, what we're thinking, what we're feeling will define how we experience life, how we experience others. It will also define more of what we pull towards us in our human life. Now, I'm not talking about pre-birth contracts, but in our human life, you know, if I'm in a foul mood, I will notice every jerk in traffic, right? <laughs> you know, you can't help it. And they're not jerks, but they might be driving that way. Well, if you're in a foul yeah. mood, it's going to it's going to stand that way. Everything's yeah. going to stand out to you. Now, if I'm in a good mood and somebody cuts me off, I'll be like, oh, have a nice day. And I don't perceive them and experience them that way. I experience a nice flow. So your vibration determines your experience of life. I think that's more accurate than, than you, you don't cause someone else to do something or to be something. You can't. And that's one thing these kids really want their parents to know over and over for 25 years. You couldn't have controlled me. You couldn't have controlled my life, my death, or my choices. That is such an important valuable thing for these parents to know. You can't. So you do take away the guilt. Yeah, and, and they have to take 100% responsibility in heaven, not in a punishing way, but so that they can learn and grow from it. I've never heard someone in heaven say, oh yeah, I, I killed myself because of so-and-so. Never. From heaven, their awareness is, I did it because I had a bad opinion of myself, and when so-and-so did this, I couldn't live with my own thoughts, my thoughts. They get it in heaven. They really get it. Are there healing spaces in heaven? Do they go and There's they... an instant healing most of the time. But even when, when there's a lot of trauma, there are angels, there are guides, there's nurturing. There's Sometimes they just hold you while you cry the tears you didn't cry on earth. You know, I, I've seen people just sometimes even in readings, they'll just sob like, oh, that feels so good. You know, it feels so good to feel. It feels so good to, to release all that, that angst, you know. They, so there's that light heals. Oh, wow, that's yeah, amazing. It heals. It's so, profound. Wow. So tell us about your play shops that have caught the art. Sounds good to me. A spa day for the soul. Yeah. Well, and, and you do them online? Actually, I do them in Sedona, Arizona, twice a year so far. And um, they're just one-day seminars where I have various topics. I teach one on connecting with your angels or relatives, usually every May. It depends. And um, the reason I call them a spa day for the soul is because there's so much love. You know, when you start playing with heaven and you start learning how heaven sees life, there's so much love and you just leave feeling like, oh yeah, something in you knows, knows. You know, when you start touching on these eternal truths, something in you says, that makes sense. That feels right to me. This is how it's supposed to be. So they're very interactive. I mean, it was a little challenging during COVID because it's like, oh, we got a distance, you know, shoot. But we figured it out. But now people can talk and interact again. And 
you know, I think in, it's in the interaction where people get to practice these things. You have silly things, like I teach a self-love class and we have people go around the room you know, telling people their worst flaw, and the other one goes, you know, we love you anyhow, or something like that. I forget, oh, you know. Wow. You know, we, we just How get healing. over stuff. You know, it's just funny. That's so healing for people. Yeah. And you've also got an internet TV show titled Anne and the Angels. Yeah, I filmed that with the filmers who are doing the main conference here, and it's it's just, an, it's on the website. It's, um, it's an online program that talks about how you can connect with your angels, and then I go into various other topics that they've taught me over the years. Wow. And then you have also, you're busy, weekly <laughs> yes. newsletter yes. titled Messages from Anne and the Angels. So want to tell us about that and the best ways for people in our Grief okay. and Rebirth podcast audience who, they all want to get a hold of you now, Anne. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the newsletter started right after 9-11 in 2001. The towers were bombed and, and I, I got bombarded with so many emails that I kept, everybody wanted to know heaven's perspective. And finally, I said to the angels, it's like, my fingers are going to fall off typing. You know, I can't do this and earn a living at the same time. And they said, start a newsletter. And I said, what's that? Okay, this was, you know, before constant contact and, you know. So, yeah, I mean, just had an email list. I found a website where you had to copy and paste the list of the emails in every time you did it. And it had a text box this big, but I, I would copy and paste a newsletter. And anyhow, thank God it's evolved over time. But so I started writing weekly messages from Anne and the Angels. So I channel a little angel message on whatever they think is important for people to hear. And then I come up with something that I feel is relevant in my own life. And lately, over the last few years, I've included three little action tips that you can do in your own life to improve the quality of your life. And that's my labor of love. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I'm sure it helps people, so many people. Well, it helps you stay tuned into something bigger, with, especially now with the world doing its little dance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, but even today's newsletter that went out, the angels were saying, but what you see on the news is such a small fraction of all the good that's going on. You know, there's... That stuff makes the news, but there's billions of good people doing good things out there. And so from their perspective, the world's moving towards greater love. I keep hearing yeah. that. I it really is. I keep hearing that we are ascending. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but, but the contrast is becoming more apparent, which is why we see the contrast on the news. The more love that comes in, the more those who don't want to act lovingly show up. You know? Know. And then this is about healing that yeah. and purging that. Yeah. Anyhow, um, visionsofheaven is my website, dot com. Say it again. Visions, Visions of Heaven. Visions of Heaven. Yes. Dot com. Visions of Heaven. And what is the Ann Albers tip for finding joy in life? Stop, breathe, and notice something to appreciate wherever you are. And keep doing that and keep doing that until it becomes a discipline. And you'll turn into somebody that's looking for the good instead of seeing all the bad. Because the world will serve you a buffet, the angels like to say. It will serve you a buffet, and the news will serve you a buffet of bad food sometimes, you know. God bless them. But we get to choose. We get to choose what we're sampling on this buffet of life, and anywhere and everywhere you are, there's something you can find to appreciate. Something. As small as it is. You know, I've picked up my pen on my desk and said, somebody had to design that. Somebody had to come up with a color. Somebody had to build the plastic injection molds. Oh, my God, there's thousands of people that gave their lives passion so I could have a pen. That's a beautiful thing. You live your life in gratitude. I do, and it's it's a choice. And sometimes, like I said, it's easy, and other times I feel like I'm alligator wrestling my mind that just wants to go down the grumpy track, you know? Right. Or the, or, but here's the thing, too. I let myself feel. If I'm sad, I will have a wailing cry. I'll get a bath towel, screw the clean, excuse me. <laughs> you get a bath towel, and you just soak it. You know, you just need to let that pass through you. If I'm upset, I'll tell my angels, get out the composter. I'm going to let it fly for a minute here, you know, and I just, 
or my favorite tool, you write it down and get the shredder, you know. <laughs> so I don't stop myself from feeling the feelings that are naturally there because that would jam up the flow. But the minute I can go back to appreciation and gratitude, I do. So it's self-acceptance, back to gratitude. Self-acceptance, back to gratitude. You know, but you don't try to pretend you're not something you are. You know, each one of us is different. Yeah. Each one of us is yeah. unique, and each one of right. us is valuable. And you're allowed to have your human moods. Mm -hmm. the, one of the most valuable things, like I said, the angels have taught me, is you're loved no matter what. So, say I'm having a bad day, I'm like, thank God you love me because I'm having a rough go of it at the moment. You know, and, and there's humor even in that. Right. I totally yeah. understand that. And you help people light up our world, one beautiful soul. Thank you. And one precious moment at a time. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you for your help to helping parents heal. Thank you for your help for all these people who you light up. And thank you for this wonderful, loving interview from my heart. Oh, right back at you. Yeah. And thank you guys out there because I know you're um, your precious souls, your courageous souls. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.